Anna grew up in Chardon, Ohio, uh, been a Christian her whole life in a godly home. Uh, she went to Cedarville University, those of you who are familiar with that wonderful Christian college there in the middle of Ohio, and she did her graduate studies to be an occupational therapist in Boston University, where, while she was in Boston, discovered the Anglican Church in North America. She worshiped there at a pair church. That means that's a small, that's a group of uh, one of our jurisdictions in the Anglican Church in North America. It used to be called AMIA. Now it's called Pair, the Province Episcopal Church of the Anglicans of Rwanda. Okay? Because the pair people treasure their Rwandan connections. Uh, I have a good friend who's a bishop in Pair at Church of the Holy Spirit in Roanoke, Virginia. Average Sunday attendance of 1,500. Bishop Quig Lawrence is there. It's a neat, neat place. But uh, I share that with you is because we got to know Anna as she worked on the logistics team because she worships down the hallway at Calvary Baptist Church. And so uh, she gave me a call about eight weeks ago and says, hey, I'd love to come speak to Christ Church because God's called me to Hungary. And I said, voila, you're my missionary for World Mission Sunday. <laughs> you know, she goes, okay. And so, anyway, with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Miss Anna Kirby. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So, one day a few months ago, I was evaluating a new patient, a three-year-old boy, in my occupational therapy office at the Cleveland Clinic. Talking to his mom, I, I had done a chart review and I was getting a history and she told me how when he was not even a year old, she started to notice some things that he wasn't like her older kids, that the way he interacted with toys was different and she couldn't really play with him and he didn't make eye contact with her and she started taking him to on play dates and to the park and different things and he would get in, in fights with the kids and he was fighting and pushing and bedtime took hours and her home and her life just became uh, so difficult and so stressful and she had been living with the little boy's father and he moved out. He said, this is too much, I can't handle this. And so she was on her own with her older kids and this little one trying to figure out what was going on. And finally, through the, the little bit more perceptiveness of a new pediatrician, she was sent to a developmental pediatrician who then diagnosed her little boy with autism. And she sat there with tears in her eyes talking to me about how relieved she was to know that she wasn't crazy, she wasn't a horrible parent, that there was something going on, but how overwhelmed she was by the many decisions she needed to make and figuring out the best therapists and the best doctors and where he would go to school and just trying to, to figure out and do life, to be a blessing and a help to her little boy. And a little while later, as we finished up, the evaluation, I asked her a question that I try to ask all of my families when, as I have the opportunity and said, you know, what social supports do you have? What in the community are you able to access to help you 
as you're walking this road, do you have a church that you go to? She said, well, Anna, I used to go to a church, but as my little boy got older, I'd take him and I'd drop him off in the nursery or in his Sunday school class, and I, I wouldn't be in the service for 20 minutes before somebody was coming to get me because he had bit another little boy or he had knocked over a table or he was sitting in the corner screaming. And eventually it got to the point where I'd walk up to the door of, of the Sunday school room and I could just see the fear in the workers' eyes because they didn't know what to do with my son. She said, I, I stopped going a while ago. And I thought, of all the people who need the hope of Christ, this woman who's on her own trying to do this, and, and of all the people who need the fellowship of the body of Christ, she's not comfortable being in her church. And it, it broke my heart, and it continues to break my heart to know that not only in Northeast Ohio, not only in the United States, but all over the world, so many families aren't going to church because the churches are unable to provide the kind of care that their children need so that the children and the parents can learn about Jesus and learn about his love for them. I'm thankful to have been raised in a loving Christian home, as Jean said. I um, grew up with my parents taking me to church. Every Our church had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Awana, and I was there every time the doors were open. And I don't really remember a time when I didn't know that I did bad things and that Jesus had come to earth and died on the cross to pay the penalty for those bad things um, because of his great love for me. But there was a time when I was six years old, I was in a Sunday school class, and Mrs. Campbell asked if anyone wasn't sure that they were a Christian for them to raise their hands. And I thought, well, I mean, I know all this stuff, but I'm not sure if I ever actually did anything about it. And so I raised my hand, and that day after the service, she took me into a little room and, and prayed with me. And so I don't know if that's the time that I became a Christian or if that was just kind of an experience of assurance for me, but I'm thankful to look back on that and know that God had his hand on my life from the time I was a little girl. Not only did my parents and my church share the gospel with me on a regular basis, but I'm so thankful that they also discipled me during all of my growing up years. Um, I am thankful that I was in a church where we were taught to be involved and to minister to those around us, to be involved in the ministries that were going on, and to have missionaries in on a regular basis. We often had them in our home for dinner, and I had the amazing privilege to walk, watch God work in my parents' lives uh, to call them to the mission field. When I was 12 years old, they joined the Association of Baptists for World Evangelism, or ABWE, which is a mission agency that sends, sends missionaries all over the world. But my parents felt that God was calling them to Budapest, Hungary. So it took a while after that. God had some different plans than we expected. But a month before I graduated from high school, they moved to Hungary. And during the time in between, I was able to visit lots of churches with them, lots of missions conferences and lots of mission Sundays. And uh, I you know, 
sometimes was annoyed by that and by not being in my own church with my friends, but God used those, those Sundays very much in my life for me to hear about missions and what he's doing overseas. And I remember one Sunday, a different missionary who was speaking at a conference we were attending, saying, you know, lots of us say that we're willing to go, but we're planning to stay. And how much greater would it be if we were planning to go, but willing to stay? And God really used that in my heart to change the way I was thinking about my future and what he might be wanting to do with me. And so as I, I was able to go with my parents to Hungary for that first year, I took a year off before I went to college, and I got to be immersed in the ministries that were going on there, and I got to travel throughout the region and see different ministries and missionaries who were serving God in different ways and be involved in those things and see that even though I'm just a normal, ordinary girl, God could still use me to reach others with the gospel. I came back here, and, and as he said, I went to Cedarville University. I ended up going to Boston University to get my degree as an occupational therapist. And um, all, all that time I had this, I, this idea that God would someday want to use me on the mission field, but I found that God was telling me, no, right now you need to be willing to stay. As a missionary kid, I don't know if any of you know any other missionary kids, but a lot of us are pretty restless. We like to be traveling and moving and in different countries and doing different things. And I think God was really calling me to put down roots and to really invest in a local church and invest in my community, invest in the people that I worked with. Um, so I have loved living in Avon Lake most of the last 10 years, except for when I was in Boston. I've loved being involved at Calvary and um, just putting down roots in this community. I have an amazing job that I'm so thankful for at the Cleveland Clinic. I've learned so much in the years that I've been there, and God has really used that in helping me to learn about working with kids who have special needs and helping their parents and providing resources. And so, you know, for the past years, I've been living a, a pretty good life here in Avon Lake, as I'm sure many of you are also doing and can understand. And I always had this idea of missions in the back of my head, but I was kind of waiting to see what God was going to do, what God was doing. Um, on September 18th of 2015, I was actually at a friend's house. Uh, we were working on some kids' ministry stuff together, and I got a phone call from my parents' pastor in Budapest, Hungary, the pastor of the International Church. And Ronnie said, Anna, your precious father has gone to be with his precious heavenly father. And as I'm sure many of you have experienced, uh, my world kind of came crashing down. Um, my family is very close, and my parents had been serving God in Hungary for 15 years, and um, it was very sudden. My dad was 59 years old, and I just kind of had to stop and say, God, what are you doing here? I have trusted in your promises. My parents have been teaching that you are good and that you love us and, and that your promises are true. Are they really? Am I really going to trust what I have said I believed all of these years? 
when God decided to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable nature of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two impossible things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to trust in the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. God has consistently shown me over and over again in the past year and a half that I can trust in that anchor, that his promises are true. One of the most special and tangible ways that he's shown me that is by allowing me through some really miraculous circumstances to spend the three months after my dad's death with my mom in Hungary. Mom decided that just because daddy had passed away that God still called her to be a missionary in Hungary, that that hadn't changed and she was gonna stay. But um, you can imagine after 37 years of marriage and um, having a teammate there with her all the time that this was a big adjustment for her. And, you know, when we started throwing the idea around, I was like, of course, I would love to be in Hungary. I would love to be with my mom. I, I want to do this, but I have a job. I work full time. I have a mortgage. I have student loans. I can't just leave everything. But God provided in miraculous ways. People, someone donated exactly the amount of money I needed for three months of my mortgage to my mom. A few other people offered to help with my student loans while I was gone. My, um, my job at the Cleveland Clinic, I walked in ready to you know, get down on my knees and beg them to let me leave for a few months. And before barely a word was out of my mouth, they said, okay, Anna, whatever you need, you can go. Well, your job will be here when you get back. And um, I'm so thankful for that time. As you can imagine, a lot of that time was spent grieving and um, working with my mom just on practical things and, and helping her adjust. But I also had some opportunity to get involved again in what God was doing in Hungary. Um, the team that my mom is a part of with ABWE in Hungary partners with Hungarian church planters to help them plant churches all throughout the country. So rather than us going and planting churches that are really just American churches and hoping someday down the road a Hungarian will take over, we're actually partnering with Hungarians from the very start to help them reach their people and, and their communities with the love of Jesus. Um, I was able to do some of the outreach activities that that they're regularly involved in teaching English as a second language is a great way to minister to Hungarians. Many of them want to know English, are desperate to learn. And so these people who wouldn't come into a church normally are willing to come in and, and come to a class. And then as we get to know them and develop relationships, we also are able to share the gospel with them. I was able to be involved in um, meeting regularly with a, a teenage girl who has lots of questions about who Jesus is. She and I are still Skyping every Sunday afternoon. I'll go home and, and chat with her a bit today. Um, 
about who Jesus is and, and what the Bible says. And I just had this renewed passion for this home and this, this country that I love, and these people that I care about, but I thought, I'm grieving. I can't just up and leave what I was doing. This isn't a good time to make a major life change. And so I, I came back home. I, I didn't want to. I wanted to stay, but I came back here and I thought, I'm going to get back to my job that I love and my church that I love and, you know, this is going to go away. But as months passed, it didn't. I just felt God continually drawing my heart back to Hungary. And so I started sharing with, with some people that I trust and asking for advice and asking for prayer. And um, everyone I talked to was kind of like, Anna, we've just been waiting for you to figure this out. Like, yeah, get to Hungary already. What are you still doing here? Um, and I started reaching out to people in Hungary and saying, hey, I have this passion for working with kids who have special needs and working with their families. Can you even use that there? And over and over, everyone I talked to said, there is nothing over here. It's not just the church that isn't reaching out to these families. There, there are no supports, nothing in the community. The schools, the, the community organizations are not prepared to reach out. And I just thought, what an amazing opportunity for the church to be the place that says, we love you, we want you. Come here and let us show you our love and let us show you God's love. And so I am so excited. I was appointed with ABWE this past summer to go to Budapest, Hungary to join the team. I'll be doing some of the things that they're doing already. I'll still help teach English. I'll be doing evangelism and discipleship Bible studies. But what I'm most excited about is the opportunity to partner with the Hungarian church plants that we're already partnering with, but to help them be um, ready and able to reach out to their communities, to kids who have special needs and to their families, and to show them the love of Christ. So I would love to invite you all to partner with me I'm looking for people who will regularly pray for me. That's the most important thing I need. I can't do this without the power of God behind me, and, and your prayers will help that. I have um, a newsletter and a little prayer updates and a Facebook page. Everybody, I think, kind of takes in information differently um, and in different ways, and so you're welcome to sign up for those things on my table at the back. Um, and I'm also looking for people to partner with me financially to help me get there um, as soon as I can and, and to fund the ministry that God's going to do there. I know many of you won't be able to go to Hungary, but I want to be your hands and feet, that you are able to be a huge part of this ministry that God is starting in Hungary and to affect these family, um, for the families for the cause of Christ. Thank you so much for your time. How exciting, amen? amen? It's neat to see one of our, you know, own, you know, just, just the Lord light up and, and, and God's going to use who we know in, in many ways, but also in, in, in ordinary ways, too, you know? I mean, sometimes we, we mistake thinking that our ordinary lives don't matter, but they do, all right? And so there'll be days five years from now, Anna's over there thinking, what difference do I make? Guess what? 
you know, she will make a difference, and you will make a difference, and that's what World Mission Sunday is all about. So I encourage you, stop by on your way out today, talk to Anna, let's, let's partner in prayer at the very least, which is actually the most we can do, is to partner in prayer, but also prayerfully consider supporting her financially, because if you, if you notice in the gospel that Bob read, there's two things which stick out in that passage. Number one, Jesus looked at the crowd, and what did he have for them? Compassion. When you have compassion over a certain population, the Lord is going to use that, dear friends. You know, your compassion might be for that neighbor down the street or that coworker or that place where you play tennis, wherever it might be. The Lord can use that in you, all right? And number two, he calls forth laborers into that harvest field. And there's harvest fields all over the world that the Lord wants to use, including right here across the West Shore, and Avon Lake and Bay and Avon and Sheffield. But the Lord can use us, dear friends. And we are called laborers, all right? Now, there's two kinds of laborers. Laborers who work and laborers who are on strike, <laughs> all right? And some of you might be on strike right now, either because you, you, you can't. For whatever reason, you're not equipped, you know, whatever it might be. But there's some who might be on strike because they won't. And you, ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you to come and join Christ's labor force as we go forth into not only this mission field, but partnering with Anna to see the gospel spread throughout the world. So with that in mind, Let's stand and affirm our faith in the words of the 